Good morning. Our, our call to worship today is number 94. Number 94. He is here. Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. Let me move my mail here. And, uh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, glad to see everybody this morning. Uh, on a beautiful day, we survived the, 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 the rough weather last night. Uh, I seen pictures of Randleman and Ashboro where they had two inches of hail. Look like a winter wonderland up there, and then the fog coming off of the hill. Um, so that's good. And uh, er, as far as I know, uh, uh, nobody really got got hurt bad. Uh, um, I got a couple of phone calls from my daughter, scared to death because the hell was beating on the roof of the house. I said, "Well, don't go outside," you know. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, we talked her through the storm. Uh, it's just glad for you to be here. Let's open in prayer and then we will get this service underway. Um, most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we ask you to, to bless our time together. Lord, we ask you to keep us safe. Uh, we ask you to open up your word for us, Lord, as we gather today on Palm Sunday. Uh, Lord, we just love you. Uh, we thank you for the sacrifice and the and the suffering you went through this week for us lord we just and we just love you for it uh, we thank you for touching our hearts we thank you for bringing us here today safely uh, protect those lord uh, that aren't here and that are traveling we ask mercies for them Lord, we ask you to protect those families that are at home for whatever reason uh, watching uh, we ask you to protect them and bless their families god we just love you uh, we thank you for this day and it's your day we ask it in your holy name amen our next hymn's 304 304 crown him with many crowns we'll sing the first and the fourth verse anniversaries and um, uh, announcements. Number one, uh, we've already sang happy birthday to Karen. Her birthday was on the 20th and we're not going to let her age two years and one month. So, <laughs> uh, so you, can, you can scratch that. Uh, is there anybody else got a birthday this week? Cool. All right. Um, April the 4th at 7 a.m. sunrise service, coffee and donuts afterwards. Uh, we won't be cooking breakfast, but we'll have some, for lack of a better term, continental breakfast. Um, uh, life care pregnancy center items are on the, 
list on the back of the bulletin. Uh, as we get those together, we'll take them up there, uh, add the big paper garbage bags to those, or I call them gar grocery bags. Uh, I, I keep telling on my age. Uh, Wednesday evening prayer meeting, uh, we will be starting chapter 9 uh, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, so uh, look forward to having you there. That's a great discussion. Are there any other praises or prayer requests uh, or additions to the prayer list? Kathleen. I have an addition to the prayer list. Uh, my daughter Nicole's going to be surgery this week. So I'm going to call and then also my daughter Colette is interviewing for uh, a new job. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, I have a uh, prayer request as well. My co-worker, Jackie Tyson, um, has been diagnosed. She has a um, also has a hiatal hernia, so she's uh, without past surgery. Okay. Okay. And then I have a praise. It's the small things that you appreciate after this year that we've had. And this past Friday night, we got to go to Pinecrest, and we got to watch the football game, and we the band played, and homecoming court. Amen. And it was just exciting to have a little bit of normalcy back in my life. Amen. Amen. Um, continue to pray for Wayne. Uh, he's he's hanging in there. Uh, so we continue to pray for him. Uh, pray for the family. Um, you can probably. You can probably take John Black off the prayer list. He's he's back at work, um, and uh, could take Benny off. Thank you for your prayers. You're very welcome, Benny. Um, are there any others? Any other praises? I know God did something this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he was very good. I spent most of this week on the road. I had a lot of windshield time, and uh, um, and he protected us. Now, with that being said, it depends on who was riding with me as whether or not we were protected or not. Um, J.R. and Tatham think I do pretty good. Uh, my 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 wife, not so much. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, um, yeah, I scared her pretty good yesterday. Unintentional. But uh, we didn't get hit. <laughs> so it was successful. Anyway, uh, are there any other praises and prayer requests? Uh, I ask y'all this coming Monday. Of course, we have service Sunday. But on Monday, pray for uh, for me. We're uh, traveling mercies. Uh, we're going to, to pick up Nicole Monday. So, yeehaw. Um, she is excited and counting the days. Are there any other praises and prayer requests? Praise God for uh, the blessing of stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, I just re read an article this morning. Uh, round two of the toilet paper shortages are fixing to happen because of that ship blocking the Suez Canal. So well, you better stock up and stock up now. Um, that was the title of the headline. Toilet paper shortage looms. I had, uh, you know, um, and so... Um, 
I think it says it's costing $400 million an hour for that Suez Canal to be blocked. So, um, with that, pray that they'll unplug the, the, the Suez Canal and uh, things will go back to, to normal. Uh, pray for what's going on in our country. Uh, pray for the children at the border. Um, um, it, it's a it's a tragedy that, and of course, if you've not been to a third world country, uh, you probably wouldn't understand that. You know, here in the United States, we get together and we do something with somebody, and we grab the little kid and we hug the little kid and we say, "Oh, I'll just take you home with me." You cannot do that in a third world country because they will hand you that child and they will go get the clothes because they know that that child will have a better life here than there and folks will say well how can a mother do that I think that's probably the most love that a mother could do would be to give the child something that it couldn't do that they couldn't do themselves but with that being said there are bad actors everywhere who take advantage of every situation and so we want to pray for these children um, that they will be reunited with their families and that uh, no harm comes to them are there any others if not let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we come before you and we lift up uh, Jackie Tyson and we lift up um, um, Kathleen's daughters uh, as they face what they're facing this week with the interviews and surgeries and Lord we just we just love you and know that you're in control of that situation Lord we ask you to be with Wayne we ask you to be with every one of these that are on the prayer list we praise you for those who are who are being removed because they've been uh, healed by you Lord uh, we just love you Lord, we just ask you to, to guide the doctors and the medicine as they go forward and to remove the fear and let them trust upon you and you alone. Lord, I ask you to remember the Richardson family uh, as they mourn the loss of uh, their sister. Uh, Lord, I just love you. And uh, I know that you're the only one who can heal a broken heart. You're the only one who can relieve the pain of grief. And Lord, we just lead them and lift them up to you. Lord, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 314. 314. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
Can we worship you in your house? Lord, we thank you for all of your blessings. Pray we all count our blessings. Thank you uh, for this opportunity, Lord. Pray that you use the offering for your good will, your pleasure, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn to uh, Zechariah chapter 9. This is Palm Sunday, and so uh, I'm going to talk about Palm Sunday. And I'm going to start in Zechariah, and then if you'll go ahead and and turn over to uh, to Luke uh, chapter 19, and we'll finish up there. this is probably uh, the biggest, one of the biggest Christian feasts there is. Palm Sunday. It is a movable holiday based on the end of Lent. Uh, and so it's tri- uh, Christian tradition. Uh, we celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus uh, into Jerusalem the beginning of his Passion Week. Uh, and there's a lot of underlying stuff here that we'll get into a little bit. But uh, So chapter 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon the colt, the foal of an ass. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open up the verses that we're going to read to us. Lord, I ask you to guide us as we go through this discussion and and through this sermon on Palm Sunday and how it applies to us today and we can be the beneficiaries of all of that's going to happen this week. Lord, we just ask you to open this scripture up to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, Think about this. Jesus is entering the city of Jerusalem, and he's doing it on a foal. If you anybody you know what that is, been around horses or whatever, that's a baby horse that has not yet been ridden. And depending on which gospel you read, uh, when we get to it, they actually took the mom, the mare, to keep the foal. Uh, the pole calm as he rode it in and people were laying the palm branches down and 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 screaming you know which we'll get into Luke in a little bit uh, screaming Hosanna and uh, the son of David and, and, and so anyway right here this is this is Zechariah forecasting the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem into the into the city of David and uh, and so anyway um, there's a lot of things that we need to understand. Uh, Alexander the Great, when he entered the cities, he did it riding on a chariot or on a on a war horse, and he wanted everyone to see his authority. He wanted everyone to see his power. Jesus entered on a donkey, not just a donkey, but a baby donkey. People in Jerusalem were looking for someone from the line of David because that would recognize they understood this this prophecy. They were looking for their Messiah. They were looking for their king, the one who was going to deliver them from everything that they thought that they were going to be delivered from. 
There's four things that's written in this, in this verse that we need to look at. It says, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Number one, Jesus is king. He's talking about the attributes of the Messiah. He's talking about the character of Jesus. The first thing in this verse, it says he is king. Not only is he going to be an earthly king, but he is a spiritual king. He is the king. The Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And it goes on to say, uh, He is just. And having salvation. He's the one who's going to execute judgment. He is the just one. He's the true one. There's no deceit in Him. He brings salvation, number three. There's only one way to salvation. That's through Jesus Christ. Period. And number four, he's humble. Lowly. Riding upon a donkey. Well, I'm going to tell you, having studied a lot of things about war through my life and history, very, 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 very rarely if at all, other than Jesus, have you seen a conqueror enter a city on a donkey? Most of the time, they're riding a big steed, powerful looking. They're sitting high. That horse is probably the tallest in hands of all that are around, so that he is, the conqueror is sitting the highest. So you have to look up to him. And yet Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem where people had to look down at him. But they recognized who he was. So if you'll turn over to Luke chapter 19. We'll get started in verse 28. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending into Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come hot nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the, mount call, or at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in which at your entering ye shall find a coat tied whereon, yet never man set loose him. And bring him hither. And if any man ask you why you loose him, thus shall ye say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And when they uh, that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them, and as they uh, were loosening the coat, the owner thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the coat? And they said unto the, uh, said unto, and they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the coat, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples uh, began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should not, or if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he uh, was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto the peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass, compass thee around and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and thy shall, no, shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knowest 
not the time of thy visitation. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for these verses. We thank you for Luke's depiction of him entering the temple or entering Jerusalem, Lord. And we just, we just bless you for that. Thank you for the word that we have and that's been passed down through the generations that's been proven to be true. Lord, we just love you and we ask it in your holy name to bless us as we go forward and everything that's done here today be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Luke tells a story a little bit more in depth than we heard. When Jesus entered the city, he fulfilled Zechariah's prophecy. Not only that, but it was mentioned in Psalm and it was mentioned in some other places. Uh, and so here we go. What's happening before that? He had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And the Jews were trying to plot to kill Lazarus and to kill Jesus. And so as he's going in, uh, he comes on this coat and every Jew that was there, and they said there was a great multitude of disciples, some came only to see him because they heard that he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Curiosity. Curiosity. They were counted as disciples, but not truly. And the thing that we need to that we need to pay attention to, these same folks that are shouting and screaming, Hosanna to the highest, and a few days later they're going to be crucified. The same folks. So we need to look at this thing. All right, first off, it says, as, uh, we'll start back at 28, it says, when he had thus spoken, he went therefore ascending up into Jerusalem. From Jericho to Jerusalem is about 17 miles. And it rises 3,300 feet and 1,700 miles. So ascending is a, properly, a proper turn. Pretty steep climb. And it came to pass that when he came nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called Olives, or some say, the, depending on translation, some said the Mount of Olivet, what it was was that there was a time when the Mount of Olives was covered in olive trees, olive groves. And so that's how it's got its name. Uh, and so he sent two disciples to get the cold, and it was just like he said. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus sends somebody to do something, and he tells them what to do, they find it just like he said it would be? Uh, one of the underlying factors here that you'll see is the, uh, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the scribes, and they did not want to. Uh, they did not want to kill Jesus or kill Lazarus during the Passover because they thought that that there would be a massive uprising by his followers. Uh, but look what the Lord did. And they're going to they're going to crucify him during the Passover because it's God's timing, and it's not man's timing or Satan's timing and as he enters people are raising their hands and they're throwing the palms down there was a lot of palms date palms there at that time still are today uh, it was a tradition that they did that they've been doing it for years um, and so the only difference was was what they were saying Hosanna Hosanna in the highest if you understand what Hosanna means, it says, gives us salvation. You know, it's going to give us salvation, give us salvation. And that's what Jesus is going to do. And he goes on down here to rebuke the city because they did not see their time of visitation. They did not recognize the Messiah when he was there. And if we know that at what, 70 A.D., uh, Titus surrounded, surrounded Jerusalem, dug trenches and, and, and dug walls and starved the city to death. And then came into one side of the city and eventually took it all, killed every man, woman, and child inside the temple or inside the city walls. Killed them all. None escaped. And those that did survive they were sent off to Rome to participate in the circus and the gladiators doing their, their terrible stuff they were doing. And so it wasn't a good time. And he was right. They tore Jerusalem to pieces. To pieces. 
Now, with that being said, um, when Jesus comes to us, when we're searching for God, He says, you know, every heart has a desire for God. When Jesus comes to us, and we finally recognize that He is coming to us, aren't we rejoicing? Aren't we shouting for our salvation? Aren't we emotionally charged? Aren't we just just involved in this to the nth degree when we recognize how unworthy we are for Him to do what He's done for us? And He makes that triumphant entry into our hearts. And most of the time, what do we do? Take our palms and we raise them, right? Isn't it amazing how the inside of our hands are called palms? And we're supposed to raise our palms in celebration and worship of our Lord. And so He comes into us and there's a great, for lack of a better term, a great parade. A great entrance into our heart. And then starts the cleansing of the temple which is happens probably around around Monday if you go on and put the rest of this story in context he went into the temple on Monday and he cleansed it for the second time he was provoking the leadership he was provoking them and all of those who were making money and getting rich or, or, or making a profit from the sale of, of offerings at the temple, the money changers. Uh, you can, can you imagine the rate of exchange? <laughs> it was for life. That didn't have that term then that we have it today, black market. I bet, I bet the, the rate of exchange was exuberant. But with that being said, he, came, he comes into our heart. He comes into our heart and He leaves us with a sense of yearning. I remember my conversion. I, I, I had to get saved. I had, for lack of a better term, I had to let Jesus know that I needed Him. I had to let Him know that I was a sinner. I had to let Him know that I did not want to spend my eternity in hell. And I had to let Him know that He was my only hope. And if He rejected me, I was going to be lost forever. But He didn't. But He didn't. And that's what this week is about. Jesus came into Jerusalem. They were shouting for salvation. And they were going to receive it that week. They were going to receive it that week. And these people are going crazy. Have you ever been to a ball game? And your team does something spectacular? What happens? People involuntarily jump up and scream, yeah. These people were lining the road going into Jerusalem. And he was walking through there and they were involuntarily, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. The king of the king of king, the king that's coming to rescue us, the king that is going to deliver us. They were speaking physically. Jesus is delivering spiritually. That's why he says they were blind. That's why he says their eyes were closed. You do not recognize the, your time of visitation. See, when you come to Christ, you have a time of visitation. The Holy Spirit comes and works on you, works on your heart, and then it happens. Your time of visitation. Draw near to now, the Lord is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's what we're talking about. All of this is leading up to the culmination for salvation for those who will accept it. And you have to accept it freely and voluntarily. Your mother and your father cannot accept it for you. Your grandparents cannot accept it for you. Your aunts and uncles, your brothers and sisters... 
your children. No one can accept salvation for you because no one but you is going to stand before God and give an account of your life. And Jesus is preparing a way so that you don't have to sacrifice 40 bulls to be considered sinless for a year. All you have to do is sacrifice your heart. Jesus paid the price. Give your heart. That's how we come to God is through the heart, through faith. Do you believe he is who he is? Do you believe he's done what he done? Do you believe his words? There's only three choices you can have when it comes to Jesus Christ. Number one, either he is a lunatic who is saying things that only a lunatic would say. Number two, he's the biggest fraud that's ever been perpetrated on humanity. Or number three, he is who he says he is. And all evidence points that he is who he says he is. People still have problems with the resurrection. They're digging up every graveyard in Israel they can find trying to find the body of Jesus. And they can dig them up till the cows come home because he's not there. They won't find his bones because they're in heaven glorified. So what do they do? They go back to the front of the book and they try to denounce everything that's in this book as you're either today, you're either a racist or some kind of phobic or a phobe or you're a lunatic are you fringe? Are you radical? Hopefully we get labeled radical. Hopefully we're radically sold out to be followers of Jesus Christ and be exhibiting His attributes to the world. Because every time we do what we're called to do and those people that come against us and try to, try to defame us, denounce us, we heap coals of fire on their head and their motives are made clear. They walk around in a hat full of coals smoking. And there was an actual hat they wore that did that. It looked like a Weber charcoal starter with no handle with a bib and you tied it around your head. I've seen pictures and drawings of them. Can you imagine walking around with your head smoking? Must gave rise to the stove pot top hat. I, I, I would only impose. But anyway, um, God has called us and today is start of the high holy week. Jesus goes tomorrow, which is Monday, and he turns out the temple. He cleanses it. Tuesday he has a confrontation. He prepares for Passover. And on Monday, Thursday they celebrate Passover. Thursday night he's betrayed. First off, in Israel, in, in, in Jewish law, nothing can happen at night. It's illegitimate. Everything has to be done in the light. Yet they arrest Jesus in the dark. Yet they try him in the dark. In a kangaroo court. And then they crucify him. And of course we know that Sunday morning he was raised. He wasn't there. Think about how that shook that city. So much so that not only did the Sanhedrin give 30 shekels of silver to Judas, but they had to give a lot more than that to get the guards keep the mouth shut, say that somebody stole the body. And there are two people today who believe that, that they stole the body. Imagine 
the look on their face when those who once believed that their body was stolen come to Christ. Because it's happening. It's happening. Messianic Jews are being made every day. Every day. People of the darkness are being brought to light every day. Every day. Ministries happening all around us. A lot of it today is happening over the phone. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I have people I'm going to high school with, that went to high school with, that are reaching out to me. For comfort, they're reaching out for the word, and uh, people I haven't talked to since we graduated four years ago. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a lot longer that four times, uh, but yes, you know, and, and that's what this time is about. That's what this time is about: being available, being available. People are separated because of geographics and because of masks and lockdowns and things like that. And uh, this is a time to come together. This is a time for us to worship Christ. This is a time for us to really share the gospel with others because a lot of folks don't understand what the big deal is. I'm going to borrow James's comment that he posted this week. Easter isn't about the Easter Bunny. Easter is about Jesus Christ and and the uh, uh, sacrifice He made for humanity. And so, how are we going to how are we going to display that over this week? You know, it's like Christmas. If we can't if we can't share Jesus at Easter and Christmas, man, <laughs> we 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 kind of handicapped. And no, I don't mean handicap as in the sense it's handicap as in the score. I better clarify that because who knows, there might be a fact checker watching this on Facebook. But uh, anyway, God has called us to share the gospel. Jesus has entered Jerusalem. He's bringing salvation. He is the king. Everyone sitting here today should have a relationship with the king. Everyone sitting here today should know that he is just and he is going to render righteous judgment on the world. And everyone in here today should know that he is the one who is the author and the finisher of our salvation. And he's humble. And just because he's humble does not mean that he's weak. He has showed mercy, grace, and a whole lot of patience with his creation. And one day, all of that's going to change. His patience is going to be through. He's going to fulfill his word. And he's going to judge this world based on their deeds. And so the greatest thing that could happen to you is to accept Jesus Christ. The most inhumane thing that could happen to you is to reject Him and die. That decision will be an eternal one. An eternal one. And you know what? Just because this Bible says things that we don't like doesn't mean it isn't true. And just because someone tells you something that offends you doesn't mean that they're true. And just because the majority says it so doesn't make it right. We as Christians have to stand forward. Stand up. And we have to give an account. Not only to God, but to our neighbors. We have to show them by the way we live our lives and the things that we believe in and the things that we support that we're not a building full of hypocrites. We're a church that is shepherded by God. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is our comforter. God is our God. 
He is our King, our Lord. It's hard for us Americans to understand servitude to a, to a royal because we've been raised in a free society where we could pursue our happiness and we can pursue our life interest where we can amass things and have, don't have to worry about the government or others coming and taking those things from us because we have a constitution in place that was offered and breathed by men who were subject to God. And it's hard for us to understand what being a subject to someone is, being a slave to someone is. I'm a slave to my Lord. I'm subject to Him. I, I have to put my wants, my desires aside to take care of His wants and His desires first. And when it finally gets down to me somewhere around 40 or 50 at the bottom of the list, then I can take care of something. A little something here and a little something there. But all of that's made possible because I had an encounter with the risen Lord. He entered my heart. I asked him to stay. I asked him to guide me. And I'm telling you, he had a tough job. He had a tough job because those of you who know me, I'm about as hard-headed as they come. And he softened my heart. He's tamed my mouth. Caused me to pause and give praise to him. And if you're troubled and if you're struggling and if you're de being depressed or anxious for anything, he's the antidote. Here on Palm Sunday, we're looking toward our salvation. We're looking toward what's going to come to happen at the end of the week. We're going to celebrate that. A tomb being empty, a stone rolled back, garments left laying, and a risen Lord. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have to celebrate this week. That's what we need to be about, explaining to people what this week means. The two events that changed the whole direction of human history. The birth of Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus Christ. We've already celebrated the birth. And now we're fixing to celebrate the, the death, burial, and resurrection. For the remission of sins, of which I'm a sinner, So can you say today you're a sinner? Can you say today that your sins have been redeemed? That you've been redeemed? They've been forgiven? That you have a place in glory with your name on it? There's no time like today. And if not, today is the day. Are you sitting here and haven't heard the Lord's voice in a while? The Holy Spirit hasn't stirred in your soul and your heart. Today's the day. Today's the day. It's Palm Sunday. Shout and worship. Hosanna to the highest. Today is the day. This afternoon might be too late. And if we're here and we're in touch and we're praising God through this service, Today's the day. Hosanna to the highest. God saved us. He brought us here for this purpose at this time. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that not one soul leave here today without having made a decision for you. Lord, that we raise our hands to you, our palms up, praising you, Hosanna in the highest.
keep us safe as we go out this week. Let us share you with others. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Living for Jesus. Thank you.